Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire episode 231. Today is Friday, May 12th, 2023. I got good news. I no longer have jet lag. I woke up this morning and I felt, I felt right. It felt right. Everything felt right. I even uh, did my typical take a nap for my lunch. Uh, and uh, I woke up like 10 minutes later. Yeah. I take really short naps uh, and I felt amazing. And I was like, okay, we're good to go. We're good to go. So uh, very exciting. Um, we got a great show today. You guys, we're talking about overcoming anxiety over what Jeff we're talking about anxiety again yes we are and you want to know why because number one I will always be talking about that and how to overcome it uh and number two did you guys know that something like 40 percent I think actually the percentage might be higher 40 percent of Gen Z uh claims some form of mental uh issue um and one of those is anxiety uh, so there's a lot of people out there a lot of young people who are um, even claiming anxiety as their own. And that's the kind of the first, first advice right out of the gate. Don't claim those things as your own. If it's a negative thing, anxiety is not from heaven. It's from hell. All right. Let's just be honest. That's where that's, that's what it is. So claiming something that's from hell as part of who you are. No, let's not do that. All right. So, um, we're going to be talking about it. Uh, Krista's got uh, a lot to say on the subject. You guys know that I do as well. So we're going to jam. It's going to be great. Um, and honestly, I think this is going to be something that's going to really set a lot of people free. Uh, so be expectant. And, you know, you can hear someone talk about it. That's why I like bringing in different people who talk about this subject, because I know from personal experience, not just with anxiety, but other things, I can hear someone talk about it, but it's like, there's one person that talks about it in just the right way where it's like it there's just something inside of me that just like boom and i'm like okay it brought the clarity that i needed uh gave me the fight i needed uh and so that's why i like bringing in different people to talk about the subject as well um so if you guys are listening on spotify make sure to follow spotify or follow elijah's podcast on spotify that'll really help us out and of course uh, if you're listening on the app rate the Elijah Fire podcast, uh, either a four or five. <laughs> Those are the only acceptable options. Uh, okay, that joke's old. I'm not going to use it anymore. I promise. All right, but I just had to say it. Um, that'll also really help us out. You guys also, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, you guys can rate the Elijah Fire podcast there as well. That'll really help us out. So, all right, we're gonna uh, we're gonna get going because it's gonna be a good, 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 meaty episode. My guest today, she's a singer songwriter. She's a preacher. She's also the drummer for the Eleventh Hour program. Let's give it up for my friend, Krista J. Bullet. Krista J. Bullet. Hello. Hello. <laughs> you know it's interesting. Because, you know, the whole Leonard Nimoy doing this mm -hmm. thing, even our tour guide in Israel, he said, a lot of you guys know this. This is actually a Hebrew uh, thing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. So you thank have validation you. right there from thank unprompted. You. The tour guide brought it up himself. So no one That's asked awesome. him. Yeah. So that is so awesome. Well, then everybody, everybody that watches a lot of fire start practicing. There you go. 
start practicing Boom. that. You can double. You can do the double. Well, I'm, I'm representing today. Yeah, you are. Yeah. The Israel. And you know what? Seeing the subject that we're doing, I went. I went comfortable today. Yeah. Because this is a subject that's uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> it's an uncomfortable subject to talk about. Why? Because everybody deals with it. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? To talk about something like that, I'm going comfy. Yeah. And I if love it's it. an open discussion and being transparent, then I am in your living room. I'm in your kitchen, mm -hmm. wherever you're at. I'm chilling, talking with you today. And that's wow. that's what today's program is going to be yeah. like. Awesome. All right. So let's let's just like let's just jump in. Obviously, yeah. you presented the topic overcoming anxiety. You've had your own experience with it. So I guess you could start from the beginning of your process, wherever you want to start in that, but go for it. So we're talking about something that I believe was so okay. I hear from my mom sometimes. She's like, I never heard the term I've I've got anxiety. Um, I'm anxious, all of this when she was younger. Hmm. Like that, that wasn't a very popular thing. Even if you dealt with it, you probably didn't even know what it was. Hmm. But I feel like over the years, people have given it such a name. Mm -hmm. And the enemy, that's just gave it more power. Yeah. Like you said, when you give when you give something your name or, or you claim it as your own, you're just you're causing that thing to grow. Yeah. And it's just yeah. growing and it's growing. And so I believe probably in the last 10 years, maybe our generation, this was absolutely unleashed to its full power. And and we our generation is what gave it the power the mm -hmm. most like because we started as soon as it came up in our life we started claiming it and then we let it we let it grow and it became contagious yeah it became contagious and other people started catching it and then like you said uh gen z like it's just spilling over mm -hmm. and it's actually becoming worse and yeah. so i believe that there was a spirit called anxiety that was released into the world at its full capacity, fullest power, and and that was probably probably about a decade ago. And that's that's just my personal opinion on that. Yeah. But and people so, could have dealt with it for a lot longer. Right. So really quick actually, I the 40% that I said didn't feel yeah. right. So I actually looked it up. It's worse, you guys. Wow. As of 2022, 70% of Gen Zers say their mental health needs the most attention and yeah. improvement. 70%. Yeah, man. And anxiety is one of the top leading, oh, yeah. leading things. So yeah. Yeah. And, and mental health, you know, when I was, when I was a kid, I never, never heard the term. I've got to work on my mental health. Right. I've, yeah. I've got to work on my mental health. This is not good for my mental health. Like I, I never heard. We didn't have social media either. No, exactly. Yeah. We did have social media, but everybody was like, uh, you know, no, nobody w worked on your mental health. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It just was, you just were the way you were. Right. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and now it's like everybody, well, I've got to take, I've got to take this vacation because I need to work on my mental health. And I'm not saying that mental health is not real. I'm not saying that mental instability is not real and, and the problems that you deal with. 
but the enemy, he really plays on that because as a blood-bought believer, it can't get into your, your heart. It can't get into your spirit. He attacks your mind. Mm. He attacks everything up here because the scripture says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So if you get stuff going and your wheels turning and you get this thought process and you won't leave it alone and you keep giving it power, it's going to sink on the inside of you at that moment because your brain is what sends signals to everything else in your body. If you think your finger is itching for long enough, your finger will start itching and you'll be like, what? There's nothing there. There's mm -hmm. nothing there to cause this to itch. But your brain sent signals to your finger that said you need to start itching right now. So and if you keep telling your body, well, I have anxiety, I'm anxious. This makes me anxious. All this, you know, it may not for the first it may not for the first year. You, it, you may be just fine, but after a while, you will start going, this, this situation, this crowd that I'm in, this, this particular moment, this uh, closed off spaces, different things like that, th this makes me anxious. And when you finally find yourself in places like that, you will absolutely fall apart. And it's all because you said it and you gave it power. And like mm -hmm. you said, you claimed it as your own. Yeah. And I, I got curious and I started looking up. I like to read definitions of stuff. That's kind of that's kind of my thing. And I started looking up the definition of anxiety. And I'm sitting here talking to all of you as somebody who has dealt with this for a long time. Hmm. Somebody who has battled this spirit for a long time. Somebody who is battling it right now hmm. and in different situations in my life. And, and I know it's not like Jeff said, it's not from heaven, right? Only good and perfect gifts come, on. come from the father. Yep. This is not a good or perfect gift. It's a crappy gift. And <laughs> it's, it's like not a yeah. crappy gifts. Yeah. <laughs> and so I got, I got to looking up the definition of anxiety is apprehensive uneasiness or nervousness usually over an impending or anticipated ill. Hmm. So you could be thinking about something that's not even, it's not even real or doesn't even exist, but that, hmm. that falls under the category. There are so many categories up underneath anxiety and different ways you can experience it. And another one is an abnormal and overwhelming sense of apprehension and fear often marked by physical signs. And so then it started listing the physical signs like sweaty palms, it increased heart rate, blurred vision, headaches, uh, fatigue, different things like that. Does any of that sound like that's from God? Any of it? That's, that's not from God. And it stops you from doing what you are called to do. Mm -hmm. And if he can get you in that state, because all anxiety is, is fear. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it. all anxiety is. It's just a disguised word mm -hmm. for fear. Yep. And fear is one of the enemies. I always used to say fear is the enemy's right hand man. Yeah. I call it the it, currency of hell. That's what I call it. Yeah. It, I, it's his, it's his sidekick. Mm -hmm. I, and because if he can send fear in, 
see he has two he has two really good sidekicks with him and you hate to even use the word good but you know what i'm saying yeah i got you it's fear and death hmm. and if he can get fear into your life and overcome you with fear he can kill you he can kill you because job said what i greatly feared has come upon me hmm. And if you can fear something for long enough, you know, there are people and we call them, they have a name called hypochondriacs. They always think that everything, that there's something wrong with them constantly. Mm -hmm. And I, I just want to preface all this by saying I'm not bashing a soul on here. I'm not, I'm not telling you, I'm not judging you for dealing with these things. I'm trying to tell you what the enemy intends to do in your life and how he intend his tactics. If you can learn the way that the enemy fights, because too many Christians get in the ring with the enemy to fight him. He gets in the, he gets in the ring with you to kill you. Hmm. And that's why, that's why we, it doesn't, my Bible does not read the enemy comes to bruise you, to hurt you, to sting you, to make you, uh, feel pain for just a little bit. My Bible reads the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. Yeah, that's right. And so he's not, and too many people are getting in the ring with the enemy trying to fight him while he's trying to kill you hmm. and destroy you and take you out. He'll steal from you. He'll steal your peace, which is what we're talking about. He'll hmm. steal your peace. He will absolutely make you destroy yourself and then he'll take you out. Yeah. So if we can today on this discussion, tell you, give you a little bit more insight on how, how the devil fights in that ring, well, then you can beat him. Mm -hmm. You can beat him every time. And this is a massive tactic of, of him to get you into a place of fear where what you fear will greatly come up on you. Mm -hmm. And, and what I was saying about hypochondriacs, they will think something is wrong with them for so long and nothing is wrong with them at all. Mm -hmm. it, it's um, they're fine, but eventually that will come on them. Yeah. What they kept saying will come up on them Yep. and it could be the thing that destroys them and takes. Well, and the, it's so interesting you say that. Uh, so two things really quick. Um, I think we've become very accustomed, especially in the Western world, to a medical diagnosis as being the word of the Lord, you know? Mm -hmm. And so even if, even if, yeah, yeah. And so I think we look at, oh, well, the doctor said this, and then there's right. no, that suddenly trumps anything that the word says, any promises that God himself has given to his people mm -hmm. and those that follow him. So I think it's really important to, to address this stuff because there is a lot of, you know, medical diagnosis of things that actually are spiritual, you know, and I don't want to negate the, you know, medical, you know, whatever psychology, mm -hmm. I'm not a psychologist, any of that stuff, but I'm just saying there are a lot of times when, when there are physical things, physical things that are actually spiritual things, or I'm like, man, you got to fight. You got to fight. That's what you got to do. You got to grab the word and you got to use the sword you have at your disposal. Right. That's what, that's your solution right now. And that's not, you know, anyways, um, but to, to your credit of talking about hypochondriac, uh, uh, my wife, Lauren, she had a friend um, and he kept saying, oh, I have cancer. I have cancer. I have cancer. I have cancer. And he would just say that. And he was like constantly afraid of it. Mm. Uh, and then one day 
a couple of years later, he got cancer, you oh, know? My goodness. And so, uh, he ended up being okay. But, um, you know, it, uh, but that just to the credit what you're saying, yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it was, I mean, it was probably some hypochondriac thing, which is really just a demonic, I mean, that's demonic, you know, mm -hmm. like, especially if you're constantly worried about that, you've got right. something that's not of God yeah. whispering in your ear. So yeah. we can choose to bend to that or to get behind me, Satan, you know? Absolutely. So. You know, it, back to what I was saying about Job, you know, Job said, you know, everybody says, well, especially when we talk about how God does not cause bad things, God does not harm you. God does not send that. Well, everybody's question. There it is. What about Job? Right. All right. Well, what about Job? Job, just to put it now, my dad does a phenomenal teaching on Job. And if you read God is absolutely good, the book, he explains all of that. But just in a nutshell here, Job, you can read in the scripture, he said, it might be that my children are sinning. It might be that this is happening. And of course, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he was so anxious and so worried that his children were out sinning and, uh, and out doing things that they shouldn't do. And he would get so fearful about them. The scripture says it might be that they have done this. Not so he was assuming it, it wasn't it wasn't clarified that they were actually doing the things that he thought mm. they were doing. And he he just said it might be. Well, then he ended up losing them mm. and then he ended up losing everything he had until finally he did say what I greatly feared has come upon me. And so, and that's a whole teaching in itself, but Job brought that upon himself. Job sowed seeds and brought it upon himself. He kept entertaining fear. He kept playing with fear. He kept getting in that. And all of a sudden fear said, okay, I'll bring it to you. I'll, I'll bring it to you. And it will every time. Let me tell you something. Nothing you say or do, the enemy will ever use for you. He will always use it against you. Hmm. He is the accuser of the brethren. Mm -hmm. Jesus is That's our true. advocate. Mm -hmm. The enemy is our prosecutor. He is the one who accuses you of things. So these words that are coming out of your mouth, especially when you find yourself in a state like that, in a state where your heart rate is up and you're thinking about something, you might be assuming something that's mm -hmm. not even a fact. Yep. And and the when you find yourself in that position, the enemy has his ears wide open mm -hmm. to listen to everything mm -hmm. you're about to say so that he can take your words because he's an angel. He's a reaper of harvest so that he can take your words and he can bring them right to you and use yep. them against you and it, his, your words, unless you get rid of it, unless you plead the blood over it, unless you reject the seeds of it, he will hold your words up against you in the court of heaven and say, and it will hold up if you don't get rid of it. Why? Because you said it and yep. it came out of your mouth. So when we find ourselves in this 
position of being fearful of something, having anxiety, watch your mouth. That's my first and and that's my first point. If I could stress that enough, Mm -hmm. watch your mouth. Yeah, that's huge. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Yeah. And so that's, that's point number one today. Yeah. Watch your mouth. Well, and I would say just right out of the gate, yeah. I would pause this and even maybe stop and just renounce any words of right. uh, claiming things as yeah. your own that are not, in fact, your own. Something mm-hmm. that when I went through um, a, a bout of anxiety, I at first, when I was referencing what happened or what I was presently going with, um, at at the beginning of it, I would refer to it as my anxiety. And oh, mm-hmm. man. You want to talk about a rebuke from the Holy Spirit. Right. <laughs> Don't yeah. You dare, you know? And so I would say to anybody, renounce it, plead the blood over yourself. Any any claiming of anything like that that you have done, yes. renounce it. Right. And plead the blood. So important. Yeah. So important. And it it will stop it. And and then the enemy comes to bring that paper and then he looks and then there's no words mm-hmm. on it anymore. Why? Because you opened your mouth and got rid of it. And your advocate came and helped you. Mm -hmm. And he came and he said, my blood, all I see is my blood. Mm. That's all I see on that paper is my blood that he, they said, you know, they didn't plead innocent and didn't plead guilty. They plead the blood. Mm. And that's, that's what we have to do. And it, you know, it is a real thing and I'll I'll never forget I feel like we I feel like we start experiencing anxiety when we're children because when we get in a position where we know we've done something wrong and we know that our parents are going to get upset with us and I'm not this is not me saying hey you know your parents shouldn't discipline you I thank God for the discipline my parents gave me when I was younger but Mm -hmm. you can start to feel that like when you've done something, you didn't clean your room. And they said, this room better be clean by the time I get back home. And you didn't do it. And then they call <laughs> and they say, hey, we're 10 minutes away. And your heart just starts bracing. And you're like, yeah. oh, my God, what have I done? Like, yeah. <laughs> and you, you have these little moments mm-hmm. that you experience. But when we get older and we experience real life, and the world starts kicking in. You know, I used to say all the time, I used to say, um, I, I've, I've had a panic attack. I've had anxiety. Just being dramatic until I actually had one. And that was when they told me that my lung had collapsed. And when that happened, it was like everything started going in slow motion. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was going to pass out. Mm-hmm. There was everybody talking. There were machines going, all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff. And I, w- I couldn't hear any of it. Man. It was like, it, all I could see was like this black sky with like these twinkling lights and everything wow. just started going in slow motion. And I thought, so this is what it feels like. Mm. And that's not fun. No. It's not fun at all. It's not of God. Until I told myself, and I'm talking like, I even looked at the doctor and I said, is it 
is this normal to feel like you're having a panic attack? She said, yes, because you probably are. And wow. I thought, okay, this is what it feels like. And she said, just lay down, take a deep breath. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not laying down and taking a deep breath. And like, they're slapping oxygen mask on me and everything. And may, just adding to the drama. Uh -huh, everything. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I said, no, I Man. said, I'm not laying down. And something on the inside of me rose up and I said, Krista, I said, you are stronger than this. Yeah. I said, you, I said, you can overcome this. I said, you pull yourself together. I said, you will not let the enemy win and you will not let him beat you. I said, you pull it together right now. And Jeff, when I tell you everything stopped in an instant, I Come mean on. it. Come on. I said, I, the words that came out of my mouth, I said, I refuse to fear. And when I said that, everything came back to normal. And, and I was able to go in to the surgery with confidence at that moment. And guess what? I came out. Yeah, come on. You know, but the enemy didn't miss a trick on that. So that that was really one of the the first major. I, I've struggled with it, and we may talk about that here soon. But that was one of my major experiences on having a massive attack and coming out of it hmm. and overcoming it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's very real. It's very real. I mean, for me, it's like a tunnel. I get tunnel. I, yeah. Like, it's just like, I'm looking through something like this. Right. And then it's like, yeah, everything is in slow motion and you're like, Whoa. And then like I tense up and everything. Yeah. Um, or I have tensed up. Um, but, um, yeah, I think, I mean, if you don't mind, I mean, I, I, I know stories really help people mm -hmm. and people have heard my story a ton of times. Uh, so, um, but I mean, if you, if you're willing, I think that could really bring a lot of breakthrough for people. If you could just share some of that, because I think it's important to point out, like, even if you, um, even if you do see great victory in an area right. of, of, you know, if, if the enemy's really attacked you in anxiety, he's going to try other avenues to, to try and get you to take the bait. So for me, even it wasn't a okay, I got the silver bullet, bang, you know, right. and then all of a sudden it was never, it, it was never a temptation ever again. But when you overcome that, suddenly you feel like you have the tools, you can see more clearly. It's almost like you get a bird's eye view of Satan's right. tactics. So you can actually see him coming. Um, yeah. And there's scripture to back that up. We're seated with him in yeah. heavenly places, you know? So yeah. I think uh, that's the reality that we all live from, but sometimes we can find ourselves not, Operating, mm -hmm. but anyways, you get what I'm saying. So yeah, I would love for you to share some, some of your experience. Yeah, and, yeah. So um, the first real experience, I think, it, besides that, was my first real experience with like a panic attack. Yeah. Um, but when anxiety really became a part of my life, I was about, I was about 19 years old, maybe maybe 20. And um, there were some people in my life at that time that, well, they really didn't help. And always remember, you wrestle not with flesh and blood, mm -hmm. but you are wrestling a spirit. But spirits, principalities use personalities, and they will use people to hurt you, 
they will use, especially if these people are willing to let them in sure, and willing to be used. See, you and I as believers cannot fathom the thought of being used by the devil because right. we, we could never imagine letting him in to use us. But there are people who really don't care. They, they really don't care. And they just, and they can let the devil in. It's not like somebody is sitting there going, okay, yes, devil, you can come in and use me. They let him in in other avenues and they let him in in other ways. And then he begins to navigate them just like we let God in, in, in different ways. And he begins to use us. They, they do the same thing. And so, and it's hard to believe that a lot of people actually don't know that they're being used by the enemy, but, but they are. And, um, that, like I said, that that's hard for people to believe, but it's very true. And so I had some people in my life at that time who really, really wanted to see my life destroyed. Hmm. Just, just really wanted to see that my dreams die. They, they did not want to see success in my life at all. They, and a lot of people would say, well, they're jealous of you, all different kinds of things. Okay. It really didn't matter. Right. It's time. irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's it's irrelevant. Still not great. Not fun to go <laughs> right. through. Yeah. It didn't change the fact what they were doing, right. regardless of what it was. Right. And so, um, and I have talked about this on an Elijah Fire before about how, about forgiving people and forgiving mm -hmm. them. By yeah, faith. I remember this is a great. Yeah, episode. this is. So this was the same situation, but this was when that opened the door for that to come in my life. And I remember the, these people would just call me like they would call me and they would tell me everything that I was doing wrong oh, man. all the time. They would tell me um, because I was listening to this certain kind of music that I, I was, I was wrong. And I'm like, and it wasn't even bad. Like it, it wasn't mm -hmm. even a, a, you know, I mean, th yes, there's trash music out there, sure. but this, this, in may this not case, have been, yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. But in this case, it may have been a secular band, but you couldn't convince me that that wasn't God inspired the song. Right. So, and so it really just, it, it was just little things. Mm -hmm. And that's the way the enemy gets you little things mm -hmm. just on top of each other. Yep. Death by a thousand other. cuts. Right. Yep. And then it got to the point where I would walk around all day and think, am I going to hear from this person today? Oh, am man. I going to hear from them? Mm -hmm. And then every time their name would pop up on my phone, I would break out in a sweat and my heart would start pounding. Mm -hmm. And I began slowly after that to develop a struggle with acne. And it, yeah. it was, it was terrible. And the thing is, is I still struggle with that to this day, mm -hmm. but that's when it came in. Wow. That's when it took root in me. And it was like, you know, I heard somebody say before that like acne, psoriasis, things like that is your skin crying. Interesting. It's your, it's your skin crying. And this is a credible doctor that said that. Yeah, and, and it makes sense because it was almost like everything in me began to cry. Hmm. I, I cry. I would cry myself to sleep. My, oh, my man. pillows had mascara stains on it because I would just cry myself to sleep. Hmm. And, 
it was like everything in me would cry. I started gaining weight where I, where I was actually in really good shape. And I started beginning getting out of shape. Then it began to affect my spiritual state. I, I began to become out of shape physically and spiritually all because I would, I would become just fearful. And it was like everything I could do just to make it through the day and not think about this person and not think about what they said to me the previous day. Mm. I would start my day off with what they said to me the previous day. Yeah, that's real. And so it took root on the inside of me and mm. begin to cause problems in my body because fear is actually not healthy for your body. It's, it's not no. healthy. No. It's scientifically proven that fear is no good for your body. And so it began to, it began to cause issues. And anyways, that situation actually never got better in that, in that time frame until they left my life. And when they left my life and they got what they wanted, they got what they wanted out of me, which, you know, that was to my, my shame that I let them beat me down the way they did. I let them do the things that they did, but you know, it's like one of those things you look back and you go, if I could do it all over again, well, you can't, you right. can't. So the best thing to do is just move forward. Yeah. And, and learn, uh, learn from it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and, and don't blame God. God didn't do that. God didn't yeah. send those people, mm -hmm. but I gave in, I gave in to fear. I gave in to anxiety and I began this walk of depression for years Man. and I found myself in such a dark hole and I'm going to be the most transparent I have ever ever been mm. on any podcast and any show I began a major battle with suicide oh man major and and uh here it is I I became very, I could not go to bed without mental images in my head of what I could possibly do to myself. Mm. I, I mm. couldn't, I would feel like sometimes I would become so overwhelmed with fear, so overwhelmed with fear that I would think if I could handcuff myself to the bed, I won't get up in the middle of the night and do something terrible. Mm -hmm. And this was the state that the enemy got me in. Yeah. It all because I, I gave in. I took the bait. Mm -hmm. I took the bait of anxiety. I took his one of his biggest tactics and effective tactics. I took it. I took the bait. It's poison. It's poison to your core. And I would I would wake up and I would think, I would go to bed and I would hear things in my head. Mm. People would say, you know, people call you crazy for hearing voices. It's demonic beings. It's demonic mm. powers. You're not crazy. It's mm. them that you're hearing yeah. and they, they, because they talk up here. But what you have done is you've moved your foot where the enemy should be under. You moved it up and he started crawling up to be able to talk to you. Because he is not, my friends, he is not big enough to take you out of this world. 
He's not, if he would have killed, if he could have killed you, he would have killed you the second before you made Jesus the Lord of your life. Yeah, come on. He would have killed you immediately. Come and on. if he knew your destiny before you did, he'd have killed you then. Mm. He'd have killed you immediately. Why do you think he wants to kill all the children? Why do you think he wants to just get rid of them? He he doesn't want because there's greatness, there's destiny, there's there's the presidents, there's uh, doctors, lawyers, Christian, good people that are coming up on the scene, and he doesn't want that. But he's not big enough to destroy you, so he gets you to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. He gets you to do it yourself, and he'll start talking in your head, and you'll start thinking, well, you know what? If I was out of here, if I just left, well, then everything would just be better. I could get myself out of this situation. I could, uh, I could just, you know, it, everything would just be better. Mm-hmm. And that's the ultimate thing that he tells you. But it, it's just situations like, you know, maybe they would see. Maybe yeah. people would see what I was dealing with if I was gone. Mm-hmm. Every bit of that is a lie. Yeah, come on. Every bit of that. He, the enemy, when he opens his mouth, he's lying. He never tells the truth. The scripture said he is the father of lies. There is a translation that says lying is hell's native tongue. If hell is talking, they are lying. They're lying out their crooked, nasty teeth to you. And they will tell you. And if they're telling you that you're not important and they're telling you that you're not big enough and you're not great enough and you're not going to do anything and all this and the world would be better without you, you got a 100% chance, my friend, that you are destined for greatness, that everybody's life would be destroyed if you weren't here, that somebody, that person that that was waiting on you their whole life would absolutely be distraught even before they Mm. ever knew you because their whole life would be redirected all because you gave in to one lie of the enemy and i know this i speak from experience i know i've dealt with this i used to envision myself getting up in the middle of the night and taking a gun and just leaving this world i used to envision that all the time and it followed me and i would put it down i'd put it down Mm -hmm. because i was raised in the word i i know i knew that was the enemy but it didn't make it any less real in in my head Mm -hmm. It, it didn't make it any less effective because he still lied to me and and even though i i knew it was him i still heard it yeah and there was still a part of me that believed it And so I remember for years and years and years, I couldn't even, I couldn't even hold a gun. I I couldn't. And I'm from Alabama. Everybody has a gun in Alabama. We are pro second amendment. We just are because, you know, they protect people. Yep. The second amendment's there for a reason. It's there for a reason. And it's just when stupid people get a hold of them, Mm -hmm. that's it. But good people stop the stupid people. And so we have guns. We have guns here. People go (laughs) to shooting ranges here just for fun, especially the guys. They Mm -hmm. love it. It's fun. (laughs) I mean, I was just in the store with my fiance the other night before we left. He said, let's go look at the guns. And I was like, why? 
I was like, because we're in Alabama, that's why. Yeah. I was like, we, you don't need another gun. And he was like, that's the one I want. And mm. I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, that's fine, whatever. But he, I couldn't even be around one, but I was too ashamed to tell anybody mm. why. And people would say, why don't you own a gun? Why don't you carry a gun? You're a single woman going out by yourself. You should have one at least in the console. So I tried to make a step of faith and go get my pistol permit. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. So that I would have it. And I did. But here he comes, the enemy. You know, if you get a gun, you know what you're going to do to yourself. Wow, man. You know that you're going to find yourself in in that situation. You know what you're going to do. And I... And so I would just be so tormented and I would say, you know what? I'm going to hold off. I'd make every excuse not to get one. I'd make every excuse not to. I would even be with friends and they would be at a shooting range or something and it would be my turn. This overwhelming anxiety would come up on the inside of me. And I'm like, Chris, you better quit shaking before you hold that gun. Like you, you better stop. You better get it together. Because in my head, the devil would say, now we're talking about a pistol this big. He'd say, you're going to flip that thing up backwards and shoot yourself. And I'm wow. like, and I would believe it. Hmm. That's the thing. Knowing that that's the stupidest thing you've ever heard. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you are not going to flip it backwards and kill yourself. Mm-hmm. And nine times out of 10, my friends, and this is just the only 1%. The reason why I say nine times out of 10 is because there is those people that will listen to him long enough and do what he says. But nine times out of 10, you will never do that. You won't. Yeah. But he will get you so afraid that you're going to harm yourself that you can't even function in this world. I used to lock my dad. My parents would leave and go on a trip and they would say, Remember where the gun is, and I would just do like this, and I would go, please don't. Uh, in my head, I'd go, please don't tell me that. Hmm. Please don't tell me where it's at. Wow. Please don't tell me where you've got it hidden. Knowing good and well it was for my protection. Yeah. If somebody was to bust in the house, but I would start freaking out. I would beg people to come stay with me. Hmm. I would, I would, or I'd ask, could I go stay with them? Or if I couldn't, if I couldn't go stay, or they couldn't come with me, I would lock myself in my room. And I, knowing like I couldn't get up in the middle of the night and unlock the door, but for some reason, locking myself in my room gave me peace. Wow. And I would just wake up. I remember times where I would wake up and I would beat the bed and I would say, devil, leave me alone. I would say, leave my mind alone. And so that was still while I was in this place of of depression, all because, now we're still talking about anxiety, all because I I took that poison. I took the anxiety poison and it sent me to that place. But when I started getting more in the word and my spiritual life, see, first of all, the Lord gave me exercise. I had friends tell me that I should go to therapy because I never would, I never would talk to this or talk about this to certain people just because I was ashamed. Yeah. I, I was ashamed to talk about it. And the people would tell me, and I would have friends who weren't really in church and they would say, why don't you go talk to somebody? Why don't you go see somebody? And I'd be like, 
that's against everything I, I've ever been taught. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm not, you know, not saying that therapists are bad if you get a Christian one and a godly one mm -hmm. and one that really doesn't point you toward medication. But right. if, yeah. if they do, and I want to tell everybody, if you are on some kind of antidepressant, anti-anxiety medication, you know, I'm not judging you and I'm not telling you that you're wrong because God meets you where your faith is. Mm -hmm. And if that was where your faith is, well, then he'll meet you there. But what I would encourage you to do is believe to get off of it. Yeah. Believe that you can beat this and get off of this because you're mm -hmm. stronger. You're stronger yeah. than that. And you're because God put that inside of you. You're, you're strong enough to beat it. So God sent me to exercise and he th I, I just felt led to go to the gym one day. God bless I, exercise. Let me tell you. Yes. Yeah. And I absolutely fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. I, absolutely. And I thought, I feel like I have purpose. Now, this is all coming from my dreams being shattered. Uh, people seeing to it that my life was destroyed. Now, this is not my family. I want to tell everybody that, that my family would have always been supportive of my dreams and encouraged me. But the, but other people will not be that supportive. Right. And so I'm coming off of a place of that. And I'm thinking, this makes me feel like I have purpose. Mm. This makes me feel like I'm doing something with my life. So I loved it so much. I became an instructor and I got certified in three different exercise programs. And so I am a fitness instructor. I'm a licensed fitness instructor. I can do that, but I have it in a while, but for obvious reasons, but I, I loved it. But then the enemy came in with that and he started sending me. See, I had a, a mentor and I loved her so much. She was a woman of God, but she was also a fitness instructor and she was in her late forties and she was jacked. I'm telling you, she was like <laughs> one of the women that you look at and you go, I want to be her when I grow up. And I, I began to just take advice from her. And she said, if I could give you one piece of advice, she said, exercise is fun. She said, I love it. She said, but there is an extreme to it. She said, never cross that line. She said, cause when you do, she said, it messes a lot of things up, especially in your head. And, and I'm going somewhere with this. Everybody, you'll mm -hmm. find out. But the enemy came in and he thought, I'm going to push her. I'm going to push her to the extreme. Because I thought I would go crazy if I wasn't working out. I thought that I, because my mind was not stable unless I was working out constantly. And it because it does, scientifically, it does help your mental state and your mental health. But the enemy kept pushing me and he kept pushing me. And then it turned in to if you don't work out, you're going to get fat. And if you don't work out, you're going to look terrible and you're never going to achieve this. And I hated what I saw in the mirror mm -hmm. all the time. I saw something different than everybody else. Mm -hmm. And he took that and drove me to an eating disorder, wow. which is anxiety. It's all backed by anxiety and fear because you think if I don't do this, well, then I'm going to get fat. If I don't do this, I'm not going to look like I should. Uh, I'm not going to, um, I'm not as skinny as her and all this. And I got to where I rarely ate. And, and this is, 
uh, this is just all, uh, this is transparent. This is honesty. Yeah, this I got is good. to where I barely ate. I lost so much weight. It was crazy. And people would tell me all the time, you need to eat. You need to eat. You need to eat. Well, then I, I began through exercise. I got closer to the Lord. I really did. I got closer to the Lord because I started, I would talk to him in the gym mm -hmm. and it gave me, it taught me discipline. It yeah, taught me commitment. Absolutely. It taught me focus. And I began applying that to my spiritual life mm. and my spiritual life began to grow. Well, a lot of that disappeared for a long time, but the enemy will leave you for a better season. And then when he sees, he saw I was, I, I was, coming up in this in the spiritual world he he saw that my relationship with the lord was getting stronger and stronger and so he left he left but then when he saw an opportunity to come back in oh he did he came back in and he messed with my head again and he began to say um you don't need to eat that you don't need to eat that. And my eating actually became pretty regular for a little while. But he came back in through a fear. And it could be just somebody saying, and I say this because this has happened, somebody saying, you've put on a little weight. You look mm -hmm. good. And I'm thinking, oh, no, God, you're like, oh, no, 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 don't say that to me, please. Don't say that to me. Yeah. My fiance to this day, if somebody comes up and says that, he goes, oh, dear God, like that. Mm -hmm. And then he immediately starts telling me, you look fabulous. You look great. Don't you change a thing. Good. And but people would come in and they would tell me that. And so it got me back on that. Mm -hmm. And I lost even more weight. Mm -hmm. And then when I went into the hospital, I was 116 pounds wow. and I'm five, almost five, nine. And I was 116 pounds, but see, I couldn't see it because he had me seeing something else in the mirror. Yeah. And I know that people deal with this. So I yeah. know that you, people can relate. No, this is really good. Yeah. And I would see something different. And when my lung collapsed, they could not figure out what it was. They could not figure out the deal. And all they said was, you're tall and you're too skinny. And I was like, I was thinking to myself, so where are you telling me I got to gain some weight? And here I am with a tube in my chest saying that, complaining mm. about my weight. Yeah. And, and I'm like, but see, God was trying to tell me through other people, Krista, that's a lie. You need to eat. You need to eat. You need to eat. You need to eat. Now, this was a flesh thing. This was a mental thing. This wasn't in my spirit and in my heart. Too many people think you're going crazy because you deal with things like that. And you're like, I'm a believer. I'm a blood-bought believer. That's not in your heart. That's in your head. And that's where the enemy's talking. He's talking in your thoughts. People say, I, I want to kill myself. I, I feel crazy for, for thinking about suicidal thoughts. That's not in your heart. That's in your head. He keeps telling you that in your head so that you'll think about it long enough and it'll go into your heart. And then you, as a man, thinks in his heart, so is he. Why do you think so many people, and this is an arguable point and a controversial statement, there's a lot of people that committed suicide that you will see in heaven. Mm. Why? It wasn't in their heart. God doesn't look at our thoughts. Mm -hmm. God looks at our heart. Yeah. And we should, thank, we should thank God for that, that he doesn't look at our thoughts.
-hmm. And half the time, they're not even your thoughts. The scripture says, talks about birds of the air and they'll carry something. A lot of times you may pick up on something in your head that's actually being taken to someone else and it's coming over your head and you think, where in the world did that thought come from? That, that don't even sound like me. Well, something's being carried over in the spirit. But if you cast down that thought, you cast down and, and put it, you take that thought into captivity, like the scripture says, take every thought captive and you put it down. Well, then you'll realize, oh, well, that wasn't me. Hmm. That, that wasn't me at all. Yeah. But the enemy will get you thinking that and get you fearful and anxious that that is your thought. And then you'll start dwelling on it and playing it over and over and over again until it gets in your heart. And you say, well, well, what do I do when I get in that, that place? Well, the scripture says, and this is something that you need to stand on. Scripture says in Philippians 4, 6, it says, do not be anxious or worried. Mm -hmm. Now, this should be your answer. I'm so glad you time. brought that up. Yeah. Oh, then this this should be your answer. To, and then I'm reading this other amplified, but it says, do not be anxious or worried about anything, about anything. But in everything, every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific request known to God. And then my favorite follows it. And the peace of God. That peace which reassures the heart, that peace, see, your heart, that peace that which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, mm -hmm. that peace which stands guard over your hearts, and here it is, and your mind Boom. in Christ Jesus. Yeah. That is your scripture to battle anxiety, to battle fear to battle suicidal thoughts, to battle depression, to battle eating disorders, whatever it may be. That, my friends, is your scripture. Come on. And the Lord intends on you to use it and put mm -hmm. it into action. I'm so glad you brought that up because I actually I have it right there. It see? Says, you can't see it. It's a, uh, that whole passage I call it the anti-anxiety playbook. So it's something like when people write me, a lot of times I'll give them, I'm like, hey, it's it's Philippians chapter four, verses four through nine, because the second that second paragraph after the one you read says, and I, I love this one. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, that's right, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, that's right. think about such things. So that's right. again, it's it, it's yeah, th that side. But there's a whole nother side of like. If you are in it, if you're in the, if you feel like you're in the trenches right now, whoever's listening to this, you got, I talk about this a lot, but I will continue to bring this up. Be mindful about what you're letting into you. Uh -huh. Be mindful about what words you're, you're listening to. Right. And that could be people. Yes. It could exactly. absolutely be people in your world. Like Krista shared, but it can also be content you are ingesting Yes, either through music, through shows, through movies. Um, right. certain conversations that you are allowing yourself to be a part of. Um, mm -hmm. And that could be maybe in this place. And, and, and this is the trap that you can get. And this is the trap I got into is, is 
Well, I'm normally okay with talking about this stuff. It could be something happening in politics or it could be something happening in the world. Um, I'm, I'm normally fine with this, so I should just suck it up. You can go through seasons where you're like, hey, I got to... I got to cut this out. I can't be talking about this right now. It doesn't mean forever. And, and it can be hard, especially say somebody who feels called to the mountain of politics. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden you can't talk about politics right now. And you're like, and, and you're like, something's wrong with me. I, I should push through this. But then all of a sudden your condition gets worse and worse and worse. So I know that may sound weird to some, but those who are actively going through this are going to know exactly what I'm talking about. So I think, um, that's the other side though, is being mindful about what you're taking in. That's exactly right. You know, it's so important, you guys. So yeah. important. You know, I couldn't watch if I found out a movie had a suicidal scene, I didn't watch it. Yeah. Because I said I won't let the enemy replay that in my head. Sure, sure, sure. And and a lot of people out there may be dealing with the same thing. And you say, Well, how did you beat it? How did you overcome that? I'm not going to tell you that the enemy still doesn't try to fight me on it. He he's never he's in the ring to kill you. Yeah. He's not in the ring to yep. hurt you or fight mm -hmm. you. He's in the ring to take you out. Why? Because he is scared of you. Mm -hmm. But here's how. Here's how I beat it all the time. Number one, I take the thought into captivity mm -hmm. and I put it down and I remind the devil of my place and I remind him of his and where he belongs. Come on. But also, I am an extremely competitive person. Extremely. The Lord's doing a real work in me right now uh, to, not, <laughs> to not flip board games over and, you know, just get real mad. But And, and to still love my friends after they beat mm -hmm. me in the game. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the definitions of competitive, and I didn't have this in my notes, but it's an overwhelming desire to succeed. Hmm. And... The Lord gives you that. Uh, he doesn't give curses, like we said before. He gives blessings, every mm -hmm. good and perfect gift. That's right. Competitiveness is, a, is actually a good trait from God, but the enemy can twist it and use it in the wrong way. But when that comes up and when I found myself in that dark place, all of a sudden that competitive nature in me started to rise up. And I thought, if I take myself out, the devil wins. Yeah. And there is no other person I want to see lose than him. And so I used that, that competitive nature that God placed on the inside of me and to keep myself here on this earth, to fulfill what God wants me to do and to walk the path. And I thought, and when I do beat you, devil, I'm going to laugh when I beat you every single time. And I'm going to tell the world, just like I'm doing right this instant, how he was not a worthy opponent for me and how he was not big enough to defeat me. And so I took him out instead. Come on, come on. And that's how I beat it. And that's how I beat it every time. And what that competitive nature is, is when you, when you fill yourself with the word and you fill yourself up and you build that spirit man, you exercise that spirit man, when the enemy comes, he may get to your head every once in a while. 
Yeah, he may, because the scripture says in this life, you will have difficulties in this life. You will have trouble, whichever translation that you're reading. But he said, fear not Mm -hmm. in that moment. Don't have fear. Don't get anxiety because I beat it. Yeah, I overcome. I overcame the world. And because I did it, you can. That is the competitive nature in the spirit to have saying, you know what? Jesus overcame it. So bless God almighty. I can too. And you just jump over it and you beat it just like he did. You say, is it that simple? Yes, it really is that Mm -hmm. simple because the enemy knows the scripture. He knows it. And if you start quoting it towards him, he will leave. He will leave you alone and you will win this thing. So my friends hang in there. If you're, if you're going through this right now and the enemy's up here talking, the first thing you need to do is remind him of his place because you've led him up here somewhere. Well, like Jeff said, rather through, whether through music, mm-hmm. movies, TV, mm-hmm. whatever, you can't watch trash and listen to trash all day <laughs> and expect your mind to be in a great place. Right. Yeah. You, and it will not is, yield good not, things. Yeah. No, it may not happen overnight. You Mm -hmm. may watch a show in a week and think, I'm good. I'm good. Watch that show for six months. Yeah. And then have to slam on your brakes and see what comes out of your mouth. Yeah. When you slam on your brakes on the interstate. Mm -hmm. See what comes out of your mouth and you think, well, that sounds like a character from a show I just watched. (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah, it does. You're not building your, your spirit man up. Mm -hmm. So first of all, take the word and build it up. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Start listening to anything you watch, even if it's not bad, even if it's just an innocent show or cartoon. If you do watch it, go listen to two messages from somebody else, from a minister. Go listen to two chapters of the scripture. Go, go start your day off with that because that's how you're going to overcome things mm. first and foremost. Yeah. You're, you're not, you're not going to make it through this life without the word. And if you do, it, it's, it's just the grace of God being extended to you because the word will overcome anything. Mm-hmm. And then once you've built that spirit man up, start speaking it. Start speaking it, and that's how you overcome and get yourself out of this situation because you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Come on. Yeah, and I I think um, Lord brought this back to my mind. I was thinking about it earlier while you were talking, and I think it's important to bring up is um, Satan is always going to try and get us to do the opposite of of, – I think he, you know, obviously he's not omnipotent. He's not sovereign like God is, Mm -hmm. but he can see – He's been around a long time and he knows personality traits and what they're actually capable of. That's um, right. If they actually have a healthy identity in who they are in Christ and he does not want that. And so we can see that on a micro level in terms of us as individuals, but we can see that on a macro level as well in terms of society or generations and how he chooses to, to direct a generation. So on a macro level or on a micro level, like what Krista was talking about and her struggles and realizing the opposite. But okay. So on a micro level, you know, we can hear the opposite of, you know, like Krista, you're meant to bring life to people. You're meant to instill life in people. And, and, and at the time, I mean, obviously like 
your family's platform has increased over the course of however many years. And now you're in this place where you have a lot of influence and are instilling life into people and speaking life into people. And Satan was trying to sow death into you so that that wouldn't happen, you know? And I mean, for me, even I look at like, people can't believe it when they say, when I say this, but I was incredibly shy. And then I came to know the Lord. And then all of a sudden it was like the opposite. I saw who I was and I was like, oh, I'm actually like, I am meant to actually be in the front. I meant, I always wanted to hide. I always wanted to stay out of the limelight, you know, um, and realizing that that's actually what God, you know, so it's like, I got, we got to shut Jeff up. We got to shut Krista up. We got to make sure that they don't, they don't move forward. But then on a macro level, we see that in generations. And I talk a lot about like gen alpha right now, Satan is attacking gen alpha right now. He's trying to abort them. He's trying to get them to believe that they're the opposite gender of what they were born and what God purposed them for. Uh, trying to get them riddled with lots of mental issues, all of these things, indoctrinate them with different ideologies. But it's because God is intending them to be great. There's something about Gen Alpha that God has purposed for now and for the harvest. And it's very, very so. So you look at these hinge points in our lives, and I think identifying those hinge points and going, okay, well, hang on. Where's where's Satan speaking to me right now? Where is he attacking me in right now? It's actually the opposite. So being able to identify those hinge points uh, where Satan has flipped it and been like, ha, see, you're stupid. You're dumb. Like nobody wants to talk to you. Be quiet. Don't uh, you should kill yourself or whatever it is. The hinge point is no, obviously life. Yes. But then also the opposite. You you guys get what I'm saying. So I think it's really important to identify those things. Yeah. But uh, (laughs) I, uh, you can tell the devil does not want, does not want a, a program like this to happen. And especially when you start getting real and you start getting deep because these things are real and these things, uh, he really does attack people. And just because you're a Christian does not make you exempt. Just because you're a minister, it does not make you exempt from the enemy. Turns out you've actually got a bigger target on your back if you're doing right things for God. If you're actually making a difference and you're making a difference in other people's life, your target gets bigger and it gets bigger and it gets bigger. And so what you should actually be worried about is if the enemy's not trying to do anything to you. If he's not, if you're not a threat to him, you need to think, why am I not a threat to him? What should I be doing? Chances are he's got you stopped. He's got you in a pause. He's like, you know, you've listened to him and he's got you stopped. But I want to tell all of those watching who you may be in that place and you may be dealing with suicidal thoughts and things like that. Yeah. Number one, I want to tell you, you're not crazy. Come on. I want to tell you that you're not. You're, and number two, you're not alone. Hmm. Let me tell you something. This is this is what set me free, too, from thinking that I was crazy. And this is very important. Jesus was tempted with everything we could possibly be tempted with. Everything so that he could beat it so that we could, too. And he was even people say, well, was he tempted with suicide? Yes. When he when he was on the Mount of Temptation, the enemy said, throw yourself off this cliff, throw yourself off this cliff. The angels will come and get you. They'll come and get you. 
He said, throw yourself down. Well, that would have been suicide. It would have been suicide because Jesus would have been giving into what the devil wanted him to do, which means it wouldn't have been in faith. And those angels probably wouldn't have came and got him. Mm -hmm. He would have been giving in to the lie of the enemy. But instead, he said, get behind me, Satan. Mm -hmm. In other words, I know my place. Remember yours and get behind me. So Jesus was tempted with it too. But that's our response. He beat it. But if you feel like you're all alone, number one, you're not. But if you need somebody to talk to, go and get help. Go talk to somebody, a godly person who will speak the word over you, who will speak life unto you. You know, we talked about Mary in in a Christmas before. Find your Elizabeth and find your Mary who will wake that dream back up in you, who will speak life into you. Don't do this by yourself. If you, if the enemy has got you in a place where you feel like you have nowhere to run, just go, go get help, go to your church, go to your pastor, go, go somewhere like that. Go get godly counsel. And then if you can't find anybody, my friends, go here, go right here into the word and find out who you are in Christ Jesus and find out that you can in fact do this because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Jesus is a real person. He is, he's more real than Jeff and I sitting here. He's more real than anybody behind the scenes and anybody watching. He is the word made flesh and he is a real human being. He's your ever present help in time of trouble yeah come on he is there anytime you call on him he's just waiting on you to call so today if you don't know jesus as your lord and savior and you don't know him as that person as the word made flesh as your best friend he's not just a presence that's just hangs everywhere he's a real person and he was and is and is to come and he's my best friend, and I want you to know him today mm-hmm. because you'll never make it through this without him. And all you have to say is, Jesus, I confess with my mouth that you are my Lord, and I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. Now take my life and do something with it. And my friends, from this day forward, you are now set on a path of destiny, Uh, You've got a call of God on your life that is absolutely going to take you places that you could have never dreamed you would ever go. And so I just want to encourage you today, keep walking and keep going, forgetting the things that are in the past and pressing towards the high call of God in Jesus Christ and finish, finish strong. Come on. Live long and finish strong. Yeah. And that's my message to you today. So good. Leave fear behind you and keep moving forward. Mm. Krista, pray for the people, please. This is great. Lord, I thank you for every single person today. Lord, I thank you that this word today that has been given, that it sink deep in the hearts of those that have listened. Lord, that from this day forward, they realize who they are in you, Lord, that they realize that they do have a bright future 
that they do have a destiny. Lord, I pray that you wake that up on the inside of them. Those that have found themselves in the darkness, Lord, shine your light on the inside. Lord, you said the eyes of the Lord run to and fro, searching for somebody to show himself strong in. Lord, I pray today that those eyes be seen in the caverns, in the pits, in the holes, in their bedrooms, in their homes. Lord, as they cry out to you and say, God, I just want to know, do I belong? Am I supposed to be here? The Lord says, yes, come and follow me and let me show you the greatness that I have placed on the inside of you from the time you were conceived. The gifts that I've given you, gifts that will change nations, gifts that will set the captives gifts that will heal the sick, gifts that will raise the dead, gifts that will make your name great in this land for my sake. And Lord, I thank you that all of this today is becoming real to all of these people and that no more will they listen to the lies of the enemy. They will never listen to another voice but the voice of the good shepherd, a stranger's voice. They will not follow. And Lord, I thank you for every person that they they realize their uniqueness in you. Lord, that they're not like me. They're not like Jeff, but they are who you created them to be. And Lord, I thank you that that is being able to be used and that they will share their journey and their testimony with other people and that it will set them free. And Lord, I give you glory and honor and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So be it. Amen. Hallelujah. Every single one of you guys listening to this has been purposed to live right now right now not not to die to live and to thrive and and so uh krista like this i mean thank you so much for your transparency that's it's that level of authenticity and transparency that i think brings a lot of healing because suddenly people go i'm not alone and i kept hearing that i was like i'm not alone i'm not alone and another piece, another key detail, just as we close that I, that you pointed out that I think is really important is we can overcome something. And then all of a sudden we, we feel the enemy coming back at us. And suddenly mm-hmm. we think we've done something wrong or we failed or that we actually aren't set free. And those are all lies that Satan tries to tell us so that we fall back into that trap. Um, yeah. And so I think I was so glad that you brought that up as well, because you're going to be challenged and Satan is going to try and test those, those borders, those boundary lines. He's going to try and find a weak point. And if he can get in, he will. So, yeah. Well, praise God. (laughs) What, what a program, you know, know. and uh, if this program has helped you today, please write one of us and tell us, let, let us know that, that this encouraged you and, and share your testimony with, with either one of us because we, we want to hear these things because it, it helps us overcome the lies that the enemy tries to tell us. Yeah. We're all in this together, mm-hmm. man. We're, we're a team. Yeah. We got a job to do. And uh, so I just, I want, I want to hear from you. Yeah. I do. 
And I know Jeff does too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And the reality is that like, you know, because I do get people that write me and they're like, I've struggled with anxiety. They'll hear me talk about overcoming it. And they're like, I've struggled with anxiety for like 10 years. You know, like uh, write me more. I'm like, you literally have the same weapon at your disposal that I used and what Christy used. And that's this. And so again, just to reiterate you guys, the anti-anxiety playbook, Philippians chapter four, verses four through nine. That's right. Write those on your bathroom mirror, uh, right, you know, uh, you know, put them uh, like as a reminder that pops up on your phone that you to, to read it, yeah. put a bookmark in there, like write it everywhere, you guys. And, and like, that is truth. We can stand on that. You know, there's no secret right. weapon. This is our secret weapon and it's not so secret, but for some reason the enemy gets us thinking, no, you need something more than the word. No, you need something more. I'm like, Oh, this is so powerful. You guys, the Bible is so powerful. So we have it at our disposal. You can start walking victory now, right now, like literally right now, right now. Yeah. Right now. So, yeah. I am. So, yeah. So, all right, Krista, how can people follow you? Give them the details, all that good stuff. Well, you can find me on Instagram, Krista J. Bullock, uh, Facebook, the same thing, although I don't get on Facebook much. So Instagram, mm-hmm. that's that's the way to find me the most. Um, you can find me on YouTube, Krista J. Bullock. There's more content to come. I've just been really, really busy and haven't been able to. But there is more content to come. And also you can find me every Sunday morning at Church International at 1045 a.m. Central Time. You can go to the Church International YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe to that. You can find me and a lot of other awesome people on that stage. And you can find me playing the drums on the 11th hour every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Time on the Robin D. Bullock YouTube channel. So go subscribe to that because there's a lot of other awesome people there too. Awesome. Krista, thank you so much. This is awesome. Thank you, man. So good. Thank you so so much. This is one for the books, this episode. Write it down. Yeah, write it down, everybody. Share it with people, too. Um, (laughs) All right, everybody. Have a blessed weekend. Join us on Monday. We've got Krista Elisha back at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. We started with Krista. Krista. Or we ended with Krista. That's right. We're going to start next week with Krista as well. So um, have a blessed weekend, you guys. And we'll see you on Monday with Krista Elisha. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today.